Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Well, frequency. And we're talking about tuning in and hearing God. And one of the resources that I read in preparing for this um, was a book by Robert Morris, and I have one right here, called Frequency. Tune in, hear God. A little different than our title. So yes, I stole it from here. I have, we absolutely love it. But this was a resource I, I loved. I loved, I love. And anytime I find a really good book in a series that just really spoke to me, we want to make sure that you have it. So here's what we've got. We've got a bunch of these in the back at the table. Um, so not inside this room, but in the, what do we call it, the guest service area right there. And if you want one, you like to read, they're free. Please take one. You already bought them with, with your giving. You guys are generous. We're generous. We want to, so I don't want anything to stop you from getting this. If you are like, yes, I would love to learn more. That's a great resource. Get this book. It's free. You already bought it. Take it, please. Please take one of those. Um, I really enjoyed it, and I think you will too. Now, last week, we kicked this off, and we really talked about, we said, John 10, Jesus says, I am the shepherd, you are the sheep. So if you're following Jesus, you are his sheep. And then in John 10, 27, he says this, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. So if we are following Jesus, then we can hear his voice that we can hear his voice. And at the end of the service, we even talked and we said, you know, we were, meant, we were never meant to go through life trying to make good decisions, where we just kind of like, I weigh the good and the bad. Or I could say it another way, good and evil. And maybe that rings a bell for you, but what happened to Adam and Eve in the garden was they sinned against God by eating from the tree of good and evil. That's not how we were meant to go through life. But because sometimes the things that sound good really aren't, and the things that sound bad lead us to right where we need to be. And the other we're like, hey, that, that, that does not make a whole lot of sense. But if we're sheep and we're following God, then we were designed to hear his voice. And so that's what we're talking about. But in, in that, in that, I think some of us have the idea. Are you okay? Is it going to fall? I'm spilling water. Oh, the lid came off. Anybody want a slightly damaged book? I mean, just still good, still good. No, seriously, any, anybody want this one right here? It's already wet and it should probably be taken. Nobody even wants it. Okay, Laura, go ahead if you would. You can have that one. Thank you. They're like, I don't want the wet one. Aren't we picky? Picky, picky, picky. Good grief. We're going to get all of them wet back there. We're going to just dump them in water. So that's just what you, what you get from now. All right, we're talking. I'm just going to put that one down here. It's okay because I got more. I got lots of water up here. All right, that one's, that one's not leaking. But in talking about hearing from God, and if you missed last week, please get that one because especially if you come from a background or you grew up thinking that this wasn't okay or that the only people who heard from God was, was something that was supposed to happen a long time ago, get the podcast from last week. It really is. We go through John 10 where Jesus says he's the shepherd. It's, it's in there. Get that. But here's the thing that happens when we, when we come to that point where we realize, okay, God speaks to people. He wants to lead people. 
He wants to lead me? That, okay. We have an assumption that all it would take was for him to speak to us and everything would be different automatically. But that's not true. It could be, but it's not automatic. It's not automatic. Jesus walked on the earth and he preached to crowds and the Pharisees were in those crowds and the Pharisees just got madder and madder. They heard God's word. They heard Jesus, but it didn't change anything inside of them. It's not, it doesn't automatically happen. There's a part that we get to play in all of this. And maybe you think, you've been coming here a while, maybe you think I tell a lot of stories. And, and maybe I do, but I think Jesus told more stories. Because in Matthew 13, 34, it says, Jesus always used stories as illustrations, like these when speaking to crowds. He says, in fact, he never spoke to them without using such parables. Is it leaking water again? It's just a leftover. Oh my goodness. She's the one that's not paying attention. Anybody else even notice the water? <laughs> Becca's staring at this, right? One other person noticed. There's a little leftover up there. This is empty. We'll, we'll be okay. We'll be okay, Becca. The water's okay. <laughs> that mom in her, she's like, I need to clean it up and right now. <laughs> she might just jump up here and start wiping things up. But Jesus did this in Matthew 13. They're talking about Jesus. He told parables. He told stories to illustrate and to clearly paint pictures of spiritual truths. They were called parables. And one of those is found in Matthew 13. And maybe you're familiar with it, but it's the parable of the farmer or, or of the sower. And this is what Jesus says. He says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. This is Matthew 13, verse 3. As he scattered them across the field, some fell on a footpath. And the bird came and ate them. Others' seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because they had, the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And so they did not have deep roots. They died. Other seeds fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still others fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop 30, 60, even 100 times as much as was planted. Anyone who has ears to hear, should listen and understand. And I love that he even at the end there, he says, just because you have ears to hear, you need to listen and understand. And he is talking about four different types of soil that he gives there. And Jesus really explains this to us. And not always did he, but in this one, his disciples are like, we don't know, what does this mean? What are you talking about? And he didn't want us to miss it. So he explains it in verse 18. He says, this is the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting the seeds. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message about the kingdom. So these are those who hear God's word. They hear the good news. They hear it. And he says, but then the evil one comes and snatches it away, the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots... They don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems and are persecuted for believing God's word. Verse 22. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by worries of this life, the allure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on the good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as, as, as has been planted. 
Here's the thing. The number one thing that jumps out at me in that is this. It's the same seed everywhere. It's the same word. It's the same thing. Because here's the deal. I could take some seed and I could throw it on the stage and we could come back tomorrow. Of course, the stage would be packed up in the trailer. But if the stage was just to stay here. We could come back tomorrow, next week, and six months. And it's still just going to be seed sitting right there. Because it's not fertile soil where it's being planted. It's, it's not going to do anything there. And God's word can be the same. And Jesus makes that really, really clear right away when he talks about that first type of soil, which is the soil that's on the path. The soil that's on the path. See, we need to prepare our hearts to receive from God. If you're going to plant a garden, I'm going to guess you're going to go out, you're going to till up an area, make sure there's no weeds in there, maybe cover it with a tarp for a few months and kill everything that's down there. Maybe you're somebody that just dumps a bunch of chemicals on it, so you dump a bunch of chemicals on it and kill everything that's there. I don't know. But you're going to do some stuff to prepare. You're going to prepare that so that when the seed comes, it, it can grow. Because what happens automatically? Weeds, they just, they just grow. They don't have to do anything, and they're just there. I've got one in my flower bed up front. I don't know what it is, but it just, it's, it's crazy. And it grows like three times a year, it's six feet tall. It's like this tree thing. And I, got, I go in out there, and I get my saw, and I saw saw, and I saw saw the thing down. Well, apparently it doesn't care, because the roots there just keep going. So it just comes back, and in like, Four or five weeks, it's four feet tall again. And I'm like, I got to wait till it's six feet tall. And then I go back out and I cut it down again. It just keeps happening. It's a weed. The things that I want to grow, oh no. Oh no, the decorative grasses and all those things. I don't know if the dog did or somebody touched it and, and it doesn't want to grow. And you got you to do everything to try to make it grow. And, and Jesus goes through and he's like, okay, you need to prepare God's word, just because it comes, doesn't mean it's going to produce fruit, doesn't mean it's going to bring change. And he's like, let me tell you what you need to do. And then he starts off by saying, but first, here's what not to do. Here's what you don't want to be. Here's what you don't want to do. And he says this right away. He says, the path. He says, the path are people who don't understand. They hear the word, but they don't understand it. So you can come to church, and you can hear God's word, you can experience worship like we just did, and you can say what? And you can walk away. You don't understand. I think it's kind of like somebody who goes to the gym. Just going to the gym doesn't do any good. Work the front desk every day. It's not going to make any difference. You might be at the gym, but it ain't helping. And there's all kinds of different people that go. There's the people who go, but you just go, you punch your clock, you leave. It doesn't make a difference. Or you can be that person, and maybe you've seen the person who goes, and they, they, they're, they're, working, they're working their butt off, so to speak, right? But they're hitting every machine, and there's no method to the madness. They're like, they're over here, they're rowing, and then they're not rowing, and then they're cranking on this thing, and they got another machine that isn't even supposed to do what they're doing with it. But they're jumping through the air or whatever, back and forth, and, and they're doing something. But they don't understand and, and for the amount of work that they're getting, the return they're going to get, is, is, it's just not there. Maybe you've seen that person at the gym. Maybe you've been that person at the gym where you don't know how to use something and somebody comes over. They're like, this is what you're supposed to do. I did that on a lap machine one time. It was an assist lap machine. 
so you can get on it. And for those people who couldn't do dips by themselves, there was this thing where you put your knees on and it helped you. Well, I didn't know that. I was like, I have no idea. And I was trying to figure out the machine and I'm sitting on it, on the thing for your knees. And I'm like, what are you? So? And there was no pictures. I'm a real picture guy. I think there's instructions, but there's no pictures. I go to a restaurant and there's a menu and they're like, uh, I'm like, I don't know. Give me some pictures. I need to see some food. And I'll walk around sometimes and look, and they'll be like, I want what that guy has. Like, that looks better. Well, I couldn't figure it, and somebody came over, like, actually, this is what you do with it. And I was incredibly embarrassed, and I'm like, oh, okay, great. But if we don't know how, we don't understand, we don't automatically just get the return that we want. If we do not decide and make a decision, God, I'm going to hear your word and I'm going, to, I'm going to understand it. As we're reading through our Bibles, if you're reading and you come across something you don't understand, don't just skip it, please, because it's not going to do any good. Please do not just like, oh, there, talk to your small group leader. Be like, hey, what was this? Highlight it, write it down, put a question mark next to it. Or maybe just put it on another piece of paper and be like, what was Psalms 127? Whatever it is, just write it down. Talk to your small group. Bring it to somebody. Uh, get a study Bible with a commentary in it. Maybe look up a commentary on it. Be like, what, what was this? But bring it and say, hey, somebody help me with this. Because if we don't understand it, it says the devil just wants to come in and snatch that word right away. And how does he do that? We hear word about forgiveness, and the devil comes in and says, you can't forgive them. If you do, that means that what they did to you, it's okay. That it doesn't matter. And the devil snatches that word away. Don't go back to that place. They're just after your money. Don't go over there. You can't do that. The devil can come in and just snatch that away. So we have to decide, I'm going to. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to learn. I'm going to do this. If you don't understand something, pray. Ask God for help. In James 1.5, if you need wisdom, ask. Ask God. Say, God, I don't understand this. Will you show me? Show me what you're trying to say in this. I don't understand. Typically what I do when I find something is I'll pray and I'll ask. And I'll just sit there like, God, all right, nope. And if I don't get something right away, I keep going. And often it's the next day or the next day or I'll read something that's like, oh, there's the other piece that I was missing and it really, really helped. I don't always get it right away where God just suddenly shows me, but I'll be reading something. I'm like, oh, that's what it is that makes sense. That's what's making more sense here. Then he goes on and he says this in the rocky soil, the rocky soil. He says, these are those, these are the fair weather Christians. These are the ones who receive it, they get excited, they're like, yes, this is good. But when troubles come up, when troubles come up, they fall away. Something doesn't work out the way that they think it should. If at every hand would go up, they were like, God did not answer the prayer the way I wanted him to, this, this isn't right. I mean, I prayed, I prayed. Like, I have two, our, my oldest, our oldest two are girls. And I prayed, I'm like, God, you make them ugly and awkward until they're 22. Like, like, please. He did not answer that prayer. And that's kind of a funny one. But in all seriousness, when trouble comes and God isn't coming through the way that we think he should or we don't know, let me, just, let me say this. Do not throw away what you know to be true because of what you don't understand. 
And we have to stand on God's word and say, God, I know this is true. But when troubles come, we say, I'm not going to fall away. And then there's the thorns. And thorns are those weeds that just keep coming. They just keep coming. It says, because the worries, the allure of things and money. And when I, when I think of this one, I think of uh, a trip one time. Um, I needed to get down to Dallas, Texas. Uh, and uh, I ended up hitching a ride with, with some people from, from the church that I was working at at the time. Um, they were going to head down there and like, hey, you can come along. I'm like, sweet. So I got to hitch a ride on their private jet from Michigan down to uh, Dallas. And I was like, this is, this is great. So we jump on there, and they had some company business, and I, they just had an extra seat. So we went down there. I did my thing. I was recruiting interns and some stuff, and then they did theirs. And then we were flying back. And, and, and on the way back, one of the guys uh, started to talk to me. I hadn't, I hadn't met him before. He's like, you're a pastor. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, what are you reading? And we, were, we were just, just began talking. And, and, it, and he said this to me. He goes, I hate going to church. And I'm like, well, come to my church. Like, what church do you go to that you hate going? And he goes, I hate it. And I said, okay, why? Why do you hate going to church? And he goes, look at me. He goes, I am the guy. He goes, I fly around the country in private jets. I walk in. I am the answer guy. People pay attention to what I say. They come to me because they need something. He goes, I walk in church. And they say names and things like I should know it. I don't know what they're talking about. He's like, and I'm, he goes, I get lost. He goes, I'm uncomfortable. He goes, I really don't like it. He goes, I don't like going to church. And I couldn't help it. Like, I couldn't hold back. I was like, <laughs> I snickered. I like laughed. And he's like, come on. And I'm like, okay. But, but seriously, you're saying you don't like going to church. And I looked at him, I'm like, that's like, that's like somebody who needs to go to the gym saying, I don't want to go to the gym because I'm not in good enough shape. I'm like, how silly is that? And he's like, you got a point. You got me. You, you, you got a point. I'm like, you go so you can learn these things. I'm like, you go so that you can figure, so that you can. I'm like, he's like right? He's like, yeah. But that's just one of the worries. They just kind of get in the way where he's thinking, I don't want to go because what will people think? And the truth is, nobody knows what he knows or doesn't know sitting. The person right next to him doesn't know whether he's aware of who Moses was or who the patriarchs were or what the Torah is. And you can go to heaven without knowing any of those things. But for him, it was just this, this block of I, I don't know. And there's always so many things that can pull at our time. I think this is probably the biggest one, the thorns that crowded out. Because any, anybody just like, you just have so little to do, you just don't know what to do. You're like, I just have so much free time, and I just have nothing to put in it. Like, I just, I just, no, nobody. No, no one, not even a half hand was like, yeah, no. It is so easy to fill every second of every day and then more. And it just flies by, and there's so much to do. And it's just, well, I need to get this done, and this needs to happen for this person, and there's, there's the kids, and then there's the family, and there's this, and there's my fiance, and there's the schoolwork, and there's this work, and there's this. There's, it's everything. There's so much that can crowd out the most important things. 
It's so easy to have it crowd out. There's a story in Luke 10. Luke 10 is the account of Jesus, and he goes and he visits some sisters. Now, let me read, I want to read this to you. Luke 10, 38. Jesus and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem. They came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the, feet, at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits there while I do all the work? No, I think that's funny. Like, I really think that's funny that Martha's making food, Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet, and Martha doesn't go talk to Mary. Martha goes to Jesus. And I'm like, I don't know how old they were, but like, for me, I'm like, it's got to be a teenager. Be like, I'm not, like, like, tell them to come do this with me. Like, what, what's happening here? And I just, I, I think it's funny. You don't have to. I think it's hilarious. I think they were teenagers, and then you tell them to come do this. You ever have kids that do that where they walk up and they're like, did you talk to them? No. Why are you talking to me? I don't know. I have that conversation with my kids. So to me, this is hilarious. They got some teenagers. And she comes to Jesus, not to her sister, to Jesus. Tell her to come help me, she says. Verse 41. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it. There's only one thing worth being discovered worth being worried about. And there is, especially today, there is so much that can come at you, run at you. You pick up your phone to listen to the Bible, to turn on, to get into the YouVersion app, and there's 27 updates and views, and you should probably look at this and see this. I was talking to Becca, and we were in the computer room the other day, and we're trying to have a conversation, and some of her alerts come through the computer. And I could say four words, and bloop, I'm like, what is, and I'd say something, like, bloop, and this silly little thing is just going off. I'm like, what are you doing? And she looks at me, she's like, well, now you know why my ringer's off all the time, because I threaten all the time, like, you need to get rid of a phone, because I call and you don't answer. Like, I cannot call you for free. Like, I don't need to, like, what is, like, will you please answer? She's like, well, my ringer's off. I'm like, well, why do you have a phone and then turn off the ringer? And it doesn't make sense to me. And then we were trying to have a conversation, and the ringer was on, or the notifications were on on the computer, and it was crazy. I'm like, I just want to focus. I just want to have a conversation with you. We can get pulled. There's so much pulling at us all the time. And then there's this one. Jesus gets to this, which is the good soil. Mark 4, 24, then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding will be given to you. What what fell on that good soil, what fell on that good soil is people who listen, he says, and then do. And I'm going to read that last verse in Mark again. He says, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding the more understanding you will be given, and you'll receive even more. I'm, I'm super excited about this series as we're talking about hearing God, hearing God's voice, because I know the power, the impact that just one word from God can have. But we need to be prepared. It isn't automatic. We need to be able to recognize God's voice. We need to decide, God, I am going to listen to your word, when I read 
God, make it a part of your daily routine to be in God's word so that you can begin to recognize his voice. You don't really recognize anybody's voice you don't spend time with. It just doesn't work. You ever had that phone conversation where you just pick up the phone and someone starts talking and you're like, they think I should know who they are. I have no idea who they are. You didn't look for some reason at the caller ID and they keep going. And the longer they go, the more you're like, wow, they really think I should know who they are. I have no clue who they are. And you're just like, now I'm embarrassed to be like, oh, who is this? I should have said it right away. Like, why didn't I think at the beginning of the phone call to say, hello, who is this? And now you're in the conversation five minutes and you still have no idea who it is. Has anybody besides me ever done that? Thank you. Oh, I've done that. It's like, just say who, and you look, and you're at the phone, and you pull the phone away from your face, and it's a random number, and you're like, what? I still don't know who it is. It's so annoying, because you don't know who it is. We need to know and recognize God's voice. Decide that you're going to do it, that you're going to listen, as it says here in Mark. These are the people who listen. They pay attention. They're like, I'm going to get something out of this, and not only that, but they decide to be doers of the word. These are the people who are prepared, like, I am going to do it. I'm going to grow. This is the guy who goes hunting and brings the plastic with him so that he can put the deer in the car. Instead of getting the deer and be like, where am I supposed to put it? And then he has to go around and try to strap the thing to the top of the van and then drive home. And maybe this happened to somebody in this room. And there was, then they had to clean up out the top of the van, and it wasn't very much fun. He should have brought the plastic so it could have been inside. It's being prepared. Say, I'm going, I'm going to do this. But here's the thing, God wants to speak, but we need to prepare our hearts to receive and to hear from God. He shows up and he's, he's, he is speaking. We established that last week, that he's the shepherd. If you are sheep, then you're following him. And John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice. He doesn't say inclination. He doesn't say I give my sheep goosebumps. He says my sheep hear my my voice. Yes, we have his word, and his word is important. His word is also the way that we confirm whether what we're hearing is God. Is it's not going to contradict God's word. It's not going to contradict it. I've had people come up to me and say, hey, God told me such and such, and I'm like, no, he didn't. And they're like, well, how do you know? Like, because that contradicts his word, and he's not going to do that. Like, that's, that's not what that is. So we are not downplaying God's word at all or its role in our life. Last week, I told the story of how God spoke to me through a scripture where I was reading and it just super jumped out to me. It was exactly what I needed and really just settled things for Becca and I. Like, hey, this is what this is. But we, if we want to hear God's voice and to have that personal relationship with him, we need to prepare our hearts saying, God, I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen. When I'm reading, when I'm at church, when I'm worshiping, I'm, I'm going to worship you with all that I am, with all that I am, with all that I have. I'm not just going to punch a clock. But God, but make that decision that you will be that good soil. He's like, God, when your word comes to me, I'm going to hear it. I'm going to find out. I'm going to test it. I'm going to confirm it. And I'm going to do it and be, decide to be that because Jesus says that is the good soil that produces a harvest. If we want to be that good soil, if we want to be that, that's how we do it. We decide, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to understand it. I'm going to surround my people, myself with people who we can, who we can put that up against. I'm going to have people in my life who can help me to discern. I'm going to go to God's word. We're going to look at it, and we'll talk more about how to do that in the next couple of weeks. 
But I said something here just a second ago. I said that's how we can have, because we can't have that personal relationship with God. And if you're here today, and you're like, really, you can have that? Absolutely. God's word says that we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt where we stand with God. If we're following him, then we can hear his voice, and we can have that relationship. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.